So welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Howard Eatington. Dr. Eatington is the System Chairman, Department of Surgery, and Chief of Surgical Oncology at the West Penn Allegheny Health System in Pittsburgh. He's also a Professor of Surgery at Temple University School of Medicine and the Drexel University School of Medicine. At Canadian Mellon University, Dr. Eatington serves as an adjunct professor of bioengineering. Dr. Eatington, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you, John. It's a real pleasure to be here, and I appreciate your kind invitation. So you are a practicing surgeon. You're also a very active researcher. How do these things dovetail? My clinical interest is in both cancer therapeutics and reconstructive surgery. I'm board certified in general surgery, plastic and reconstructive surgery, and have done additional training at the National Cancer Institute in Bethesda in the lab of Steve Rosenberg, who, as you know, has dedicated his life to studying the immunobiology of cancer, but specifically melanoma which is the main thrust of my clinical activities currently. So I have have, through the years, continued dedicated interest in the immunobiology of melanoma, and we currently have projects addressing tumor progression, the interplay of infection and tumor antigen presentation, and some of the crosstalk at the nodal level between the immune cells and the tumor microenvironment. So what is the state of the art from a clinical perspective? Melanoma treatment involves uh, primarily uh, surgical therapy. One of the unmet needs is diagnosing melanoma and sorting out which pigmented lesions on a patient one should worry about and one should then biopsy. Another arm of our research efforts right now is understanding some of the optical characteristics of pigmented lesions And we're working in conjunction with collaborators at Carnegie Mellon that are in the departments of robotics and software engineering to understand patent recognition, image analysis, ultimately to be able to develop an optical biopsy tool for patients with pigmented lesions. So I get the impression that it's not very easy to recognize the lesions that are of concern. Correct. The standard of care remains really the trained eyes of a good dermatologist or a physician that has a committed interest to the treatment of patients having pigmented lesions. And one would think it would be easy to find an algorithm that would be able to sort this out so that machine vision or machine learning could be applied, but that still remains the holy grail. Once the uh, diagnosis of melanoma is made, the upfront treatment for it currently is surgery, and that is good for me because I'm a surgeon, I suppose, and although we are on the list of items to be replaced by robots in the near future, once the disease has become systemic, then systemic therapy is required. And there has been a lot of very interesting progress recently on novel therapeutic agents, specifically for melanoma, that uh, utilize both the molecular pathway and perhaps of more interest to me, the immunologic pathway. So how does one apply immunology to the treatment of melanoma? The melanoma is one of the two malignancies, the other one being a renal cell, where it has been long known that the patient or host 
is able to amount a significant immune response to the disease. That is often manifest with the regression of the primary lesion, but unfortunately, uh, progression of systemic lesions. So this has been of interest to immunologists and researchers for decades, including, as I mentioned earlier, Steve Rosenberg. And so the fundamental question was, how, how do you identify what the immune response is, what is blocking the initiation of an immune response, and how, how do you basically unleash an immune response to the tumor that is specific and hopefully measurable toxicity? So if you have success in dealing with the primary lesions, is the problem in identifying the location of the secondary lesions? That is one problem, although most of the imaging technologies that we currently have to date are quite good at that, and those would be PET scans, MRIs, and CT scans. The real challenge is treating successfully systemic disease. And that's the surgical procedure at this stage? Once the disease is systemic, it is more or less out of the surgical realm. And at that point, therapeutics are necessary of a systemic nature. And the checkpoint inhibitors and the uh, monoclonal antibody therapies are now having their position in the limelight for therapeutic indications. Is there much success with that particular therapy? It it looks to be very, very exciting at this point, and some of these modalities are now being rolled out for other histologies, uh, the most notable of which is lung cancer, which to date has had dismal prognosis. So Dr. Edington, I know one of your interests is in imaging. Can you describe some of the work in that area, please? Yes, we have, as mentioned, teamed up with collaborators at Carnegie Mellon University and actually some of the private sector looking at ways of capturing images, particularly at the fringes of optical light, which would be infrared and to a less of an extent ultraviolet. We're looking at developing capture devices that are able to have deeper penetration than the current optical devices. This hopefully will allow us to do clinically a number of things. Number one, to diagnose cutaneous malignancies at an early stage without the need for an expensive and morbid biopsy. And then number two, to be able to measure in those patients that have uh, cutaneous manifestations of systemic disease a response. So we could have an optical surrogate of therapeutic response. So in terms of depth of imaging, how deep can you go now and how deep... Would it be desirable to go? We would like to be able to go full thickness within the skin, and I think if we're able to go partial thickness beyond what we're normally able to do with photography or dermoscopy, uh, that would be an enormous step forward. So this is all optical imaging as opposed to x-ray and the like? Yes. Currently we are focusing, no pun intended, on optical techniques, yes. So I know that the other interest you have is in reconstruction, use of biologic synthetic scaffolds and so forth. Can you describe a little bit of your work in that area? Yes, actually one of the projects that I'm most proud of or pleased with is a collaboration that I had with Casey Mara several years ago where we were looking to develop a replacement for breast tissue. 
The immediate clinical relevance would be in the context of a woman that has undergone a partial mastectomy or lumpectomy, as they're called, and that we would be able to develop a filler material that would protect the form of the breast while potentially doing something more than just acting as a filler. And the model that we looked at specifically was a scaffold that would simultaneously act as a supportive function, but also would elute uh, chemotherapeutic agents that would be able to address the fundamental problem in breast cancer, and that is of local recurrence. So is this a biologically derived scaffold or a synthetic scaffold? Well, we've done a fair amount of research recently into the use of biologics. What we would ideally like to do is develop a synthetic scaffold that has the desirable qualities of a biologic replacement without the disadvantages. So I know that uh, Dr. Mara has done some work with adipose tissue. Is that part of the collaborative work that you're doing? We've progressed since our previous collaboration, but that certainly doesn't rule out the possibility of future collaborations with Dr. Marin. We'd absolutely love to do that. We're presenting a poster at this meeting, which is very early and premature results, with a scaffold that doesn't promote the recruitment and growth of adipocytes, specifically from a pre-adipocyte population. So I know that forecasting is difficult in this business, but if we were to have this conversation five years from now, what's your feeling about the state of the art? I think that we will have five years from now uh, tunable, if you will, tissue replacements that are able to meet the specific requirements of a patient and that go beyond a purely structural nature. So In the context of breast reconstruction, I would hope that we're no longer using silicon gel-derived materials, but have something a little better. That would be a great milestone. So, Dr. Edington, I'd like to thank you for joining us today and sharing your pioneering studies, both in the research lab and in the clinic. I'd like to congratulate you and your colleagues for the progress that you've made. I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors this podcast series. Remind our listeners that we welcome suggestions. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.